Welcome to Radiate Church Online. We are so excited about what God is doing here at Radiate Church in Elgin, South Carolina. If you have a story that you would want to share about the impact that God has had on your life, you can share that story at youmatter@radiatechurch.net. Also, if you'd like to give, you can give by going to radiatechurch.net or you can give to our ministry by app. Now, let's prepare our hearts for a powerful message from God. Come on, will you make some noise if God's doing something in your life today? Amen. Man, I love, I'm going to tell you something. I love Radiate Church. Anybody with me in the house on that? I mean it. I love Radiate Church. What God is doing here, I hope you understand, is so special and so, uh, not just unique, but just special that God's presence shows up and changes our lives every single week, every single day. And it's an amazing uh, process that we get to be a part of. Uh, Here's what I want you to do real quick before we get into the Word. I'd love for you to do something. I'd love for you to turn around to two people and just tell them, I love you. Or, if that's weird for you, just tell them, uh, you belong here and I care about you. All right? So just turn around to two people, tell them you love them, you care about them, they belong here. Come on. Because some of y'all like, I ain't, I don't know them. Uh, <laughs> Man, I, uh, I love what God's doing here. I love... Uh, I'm going to tell you, I heard some chains falling uh, in worship, man. I just did. I began, come on. Uh, I think we need to learn to celebrate that. I, I don't think that's a song of worship that we just sing. I think that's a song of declaration, that there are chains falling in my life. I, I began in, in that song, I just began calling some things out that I just felt in my spirit. Just, I, I believe there's some people that the name of a drug is the thing that's a chain on you. Like, I'm talking about a prescribed drug from the doctor. Can I tell you something? My God is a healer. Come on, somebody. And he can do anything. It doesn't mean if you're on, you know, if if the doctor's telling you you got to take this to get it. Maybe God is using a doctor to heal you, but maybe that's a crutch, too. Come on, somebody. I just know God's moving in this thing, and and I'm excited about that. I'm excited. uh, How many of you guys got some lemonade on the way in? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah. We got some fresh-made lemonade, fresh-squeezed, not really, but it's out there. Um, For life groups, when life gives you lemons, do what? Join a life group. I like that. And uh, we want you to be a part of that. You can sign up today. Uh, They kick off this week. We're so excited about that. Erica's going to tell you more about that in just a few moments after the message today. So we've been in this series, y'all, called All In. And uh, this series has jacked me up, man. This series has messed me up. Uh, there were some people telling me after our, uh, before the first service, before this service uh, began, how much this series is just moving in their life. And the, each message is just hitting them in a different way. And God is kind of moving in their life. And that is the hope because the truth of the matter is we base this series off of Mark chapter 12, verse 30, where it says a man's trying to trap Jesus. And he looks at Jesus and says, what's the, what's the most important commandment? Jesus looks at him, and here's what Jesus does. He actually quotes something that is said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, which is known uh, as the Shema, or a Jewish prayer. And you pray that, and you believe that, and it's this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, uh, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And Jesus adds a word in there, in mind, actually, in Mark 12. And the truth is, the reason he adds that word in there is for this reason, to explain one word that we're talking about today. 
Jesus explained, he says, mind and strength. Why? Because of the word in the Deuteronomy is the word maod. The word maod is so big, it's so powerful, it's so uh, just expansive that Jesus used two words, mind and strength, to explain what it actually meant. And, 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 and in early translations, the where we get the word strength from is uh, because maod doesn't mean strength. Maod means this, very or much. That's what maod means. So how do we get the word strength? Because in early translations, the best thing they could do was they translated it to something called dunamis. And dunamis, it means basically dynamite. That's where we get dynamite from. So it's explosive, it's powerful, it's strong, right? And so we're in this thing. We're looking at what does it mean over the past several weeks, six weeks. We've talked about what does it mean to love the Lord our God, right? We've talked about what does that actually look like to love God? Because I don't have a doubt that most of us in here actually want to love God. We just don't even know what it means. Because I'm under the compulsion and the understanding that a lot of us believe loving God means that we have perfect attendance at church. We serve, we go to life groups, and we say our prayers, and we read a chapter a day. When the truth of the matter, all that is a great byproduct of loving God. Hear me today. That is not loving God. That is an action that you do because you love God. Part of the issue is, is that we think if we do things, we earn God's love. You can't do anything to earn more of God's love, and you can't do anything to get less of God's love. You can do things that build a wall that block God's love from entering your life, but your action does nothing to make him love you more. It just shows him how much you love him. Are you with me today? And so we've talked about over the past six weeks in this series, what does it mean to actually love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, we talked about last week, and all of your strength is what we're going to talk about today. And, and I hope that you've been taking notes because today is one of those days to where we're going to need to take notes because I may be more pre, uh, teacher than preacher today. Is that okay with you? And, and if we're going to love the Lord, so we got to understand strength is maod. Maod is very or much. Here's what the words very or much means, because if you hear it by itself, it doesn't make much sense, right? Love the Lord your God with all of your very or all of your much. But those two words, if you put them onto something else, it brings the thing that you add it to to its maximum capacity, right? So I look at my wife and I go, I love you very much. Right. Or I love you with much of my heart, all of my heart. It brings whatever I'm attaching those two words to to its maximum capacity. So here's what it really means to me it, when we read Deuteronomy or we read Mark 12 and we begin to understand to love the Lord our God with all of our very or much is saying this to love your God, Lord, your God with all of your maximum capacity. What if it's not about us not loving God? It's about loving God with our minimum, not our maximum. Because I'll hear this sometimes, Pastor, can I, would God get mad at me if I do this? And, and that's a dangerous question, because can I tell you what you're actually asking when you ask that question? You're asking this question, what can I get away with and God still be okay with? How dis, you know, hey, Pastor, if I don't like my, sp my spouse or, or no, 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 let's not go there. If I don't like my boss, right? Can I react this way when I don't like a decision they make? No, because all you're asking is how much dishonor can I give them before it teeters on the line of disobedience? Can I tell you any amount of dishonor is disobedience? It's countercultural. It's counter to the kingdom, right? Or, or pastor, can I, can I do, do these things and still get away with it and it's okay? 
Maybe, I don't know. But what you do need to know is the closer you get to the line, eventually the line will blur and it's behind you before you know it. And so we're in this thing where we're going, what is the minimum I can give God and still make it to heaven, right? Can I tell you, that's the very thing that that man was asking Jesus. Hey, what's the most important commandment? Because if you tell me the most important commandment, then I can figure out the minimum I can give to supply or satisfy that minimum commandment and still make it to heaven one day. And if we're asking, I'm just telling you, I'm just jumping right into it today. If, if we're asking that, then we're treading a dangerous line because we're looking at God and we're going, hey, I know you gave me your maximum capacity of your son to show me that you love me, but I want to give my minimum capacity of myself to show you I just don't want to go to hell. And it's a dangerous line that we're on. So whenever the Shema in Deuteronomy chapter 6 is saying, love the Lord your God with all of your ma'od, here's what it's saying, love the Lord your God with all of your maximum capacity of what's within you. That's why I love, man, I'm telling you what, Erica spit straight fire during time just now. Like she said this, y'all, this is crazy. I looked at PT, I said, that'll preach right there. She said, a lot doesn't come from easy, but a lot will always come from sacrifice. I was like, praise God, just throw in the towel, let's go home. Because it's very true that minute, most of us will go, all right, here's the minimum I can give in my tithe this week. And God's going, I don't want the minimum. I want the maximum that you can give to the point of pain, to the point of hurt, to the point of fear, because that is what I will bring you to, because in that moment is the moment. In fact, the Bible says it like this, that my weakness is the beginning of his strength. So where I get to the point, have you ever gotten to the point where you're making a decision, you're doing things, and you get to this place to where it scares the mess out of you, right? Like, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I should. I don't even know if this is smart. I don't, like, I feel like God told me to do this, but it scares me to death, right? And you start to feel weak, and you start to feel questioning, and you start to feel down, and you're kind of like, I don't know what's going on. Can I tell you, most of the time when God tells you to do something, you're going to get to a place of weakness because he's trying to get to a place of his strength. He never wants us to rest in our own strength and abilities. Love the Lord your God with all of your strength or with all of your maximum capacities. And for most of us, there's one, I want to go back to a mindset because there's one mindset we have to shift in order to love God with all of our max capacity. And it's this, we have to move from I have to, to I get to. I have to tithe or else God's going to curse my house. No, 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 no. See, you got it wrong. That, that, that may be true, but the truth of the matter is you don't have to do anything. You can keep that 10%. You don't have to write that check. You don't have to swipe that card. You don't have to text that number. You don't have to get on that website. You don't have to give any of that. I don't even know if you gave or not. Many of you are like, I'm giving because the pastor's going to hate me. I don't even know who gives or what they give or any of that stuff. That stuff isn't my, my priority. I'm going to tell you what the truth is. I get to give because he gave to me. God says to Moses, he says this, he says, I will bless you so that you can become a what? Blessing. blessing. What if what God is giving you is not so that you can hold it, but so that you can give it because it'll bless somebody else the way that it's blessed you? You know what I'm saying? And so we got to get to this thing where I don't have to, I don't have to serve the church. You don't have to. You can come and sit in a cush blue chair every single Sunday, raise your hands, clap your, uh, raise your hands, clap your hands, stomp your feet, jump up and down, say that's a good word, come on pastor, take your notes, go home and never do anything to serve the church. But here's the reality, because of the redemption of Jesus in my life, I get to serve the church that he died for that brings other people in to give them life and hope and freedom. I get to. I get to because it gives me life 
to give life to others. I don't have to, but I get I what? I get to. It's a, it's a mindset shift that we have to get to a place of if we want to love the Lord our God with all of our max capacity. For many of us, can I be real honest, because there's a couple of things I want to hit today. Many of us, we can't love the Lord our God with all of our max capacity because we aren't healthy. And, and many of you are like, I go to the gym every week. Good, you're physically healthy. But are you emotionally healthy? Are you mentally healthy? Are you spiritually healthy? Because can I tell you something? Most of the time we take offense to things that other people do to us because we're internally not healthy within ourselves. And we think that they're attacking something of us. And so we see them talking to their friend over there. And we know they just said something about us, but it has nothing to do with us. We know that they don't like us. And I'm insecure because I'm not healthy. But if I see you talking over there, you're talking about me. And so now I walk around for a week carrying an offense that had nothing to do with me. And it has nothing to do with them or me. It's just the fact that I'm not healthy. That's, that's what happens. And so we got to get to a place where we love the Lord our God with all of our maximum capacity because we're healthy. We're healthy mentally, we're healthy physically, we're healthy spiritually, we're healthy in every sense of the word. And it's not because we go to the gym, it's because we go to the gym, it's because we rest, it's because we take care of what goes in our spirit, what goes in our minds, what goes in our hearts. Because the truth of the matter is, can I tell you something, what goes in will come out. I want to show you something real quick. Um, how many of you guys have a blender, an old school blender some, at, at home, something like this, right? I, I make milkshakes or protein shakes or whatever at house with this thing right here. And, and, and I got some stuff here that I really want to throw in in this thing and make a concoction, right? So somebody ate my fries for breakfast. That's concerning. But we're going we're gonna to do this, this thing. So many of us, what we'll do is we'll find time. Like, what is this? This is just simply... A representation of just doing something quickly, right? How many of you are so stressed in life and you got so much going on, you just got to do the fastest thing you can possibly do, right? Now, listen, some of you are like, don't hate on my eating habits. This has nothing to do with that. Just follow me today. I, trust me, I'm not the best at it, okay? I had a moon pie and a Coke last night at 10 o'clock at night, all right? Don't hate on me, all right? But you got, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're so busy, it's like, let me drive by not just McDonald's, but let me drive by the Bible, let me get a couple verses in today. Let me do what I need to do. I go where I need to go, right? And, and we'll do things that taste good. I love this stuff. Anybody with me on that French onion dip with some Ruffles potato chips? Extra salty. Praise the Lord. The glory is here, right? And we'll do things that taste good, but, but maybe aren't, aren't that great in the moment, right? And so it's habits or it's different things. And we'll, man, this right here is my weakness. You, everybody's got a weakness. Everybody's got a weakness. This honey bun right here. Oh, praise God. I'm going to throw it in there. I'm going to eat that later. I had to, <laughs> had to half it. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> Snickers. You're not you when you're hungry. And so <laughs> you're hangry. Praise God. And you do things that, that taste good or good in the moment, and then you just get tired. And so you begin to rely on things that aren't bad, but in excess are terrible. And if I begin to... <laughs> I heard some people go, don't waste it. You got a problem. <laughs> you got to praise God. I hear the chains fall. 
Hey, I carried that note right there, Pastor Chris. I got that. Thank you. Praise God. Um, and so we get tired and we do things that just cause like, cause us to stay up a little bit. And we pour that cotton candy bang in there. Right. One a day, one a day. And, and here's what we'll do. Like we'll do that stuff. Right. And then throughout our day, throughout our day, we'll go through the day and it's just doing, I got to do something special here to get this thing blended up. There it goes. I hear it. And, and, and we'll do this thing to where we blend it up throughout our day. Right. Now, how many of you guys, if I took this and I poured it into a cup, would, oh my God. <laughs> I was not anticipating that smell. <laughs> How many of you guys would drink that? I worry about you. <laughs> the truth is nobody would drink this and enjoy this and be like, that is my go-to for today. McDonald's hamburger and a bang and French onion dip and honey bun and Snickers and all this stuff. And we put all this stuff in our life and we blend it up and then we, we won't drink it. But most of us do that internally to God. Most of us take all kinds of random junk that God never intended for us to live off of to begin with. And we throw it into our lives and we hit the little blender button right here and we get it all in this perfect little milkshake. And then about 11 o'clock at night when I got enough time to close my eyes and calm down for the night. And there's just a, an, a second of quiet. I look at God and I'm like, hey, I hope you enjoyed that shake that I gave you today. And then we want to know why nobody wants to drink from the fountain of our life. We want to know why nobody wants to drink from the fountain of our life. And we want to know why God's not answering certain prayers. And can I tell you, it's because we're putting a bunch of junk in places. Because we're, it's creating a minimum capacity, not a maximum capacity. And now we're looking at God and going, I need you to smell that, drink that, enjoy that. And don't say a word to me about it because that's just who I am. And who I am is who I've always been. And I can't change that. Can I tell you one of the laziest statements we could ever make in our life is that's just who I am. It's just lazy. Here's why. Here's why it's lazy. I'll go to this side because y'all are with me. You know why it's lazy? It's lazy because I'm looking and saying that's who I am. I'm not willing to change it. You need to change to me, not me change to you. And so we're in this thing to where love the Lord our God with all of our strength, with all of our maximum capacity. And can I tell you, I can't do that doing this kind of jump. And so I think it's really important that we understand we got to be strategic and intentional about what we're actually putting into our lives or else it's going to smell really bad. Trust me. Wasn't anticipating that. And I think we need to, there's a couple things we need to grab a hold of if we're really going to love the Lord our God with all of our maximum capacity. Are you ready to do that today? Are you ready to love the Lord with all of your maximum capacity, not just minimum, not just what I got left over? Not just what I blended up, but maximum capacity. The first thing is this. We have to remember that our body, hear me, our body is a temple. Our body is a temple. First uh, Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says this. Paul writes it to the church of Corinth, and it's really good. He says, do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If any man, hear this, hear this. If any man destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. 
Here's what Paul's saying. He's going, you are literally an avenue, a house for the Spirit of God in your life. And if you don't take care of that, God will destroy the temple. Well, I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not destroying a temple. It, it all depends. Some people will go, hey, if you do this or you do that, and we go legalistic with tattoos and earrings and makeup and certain wearing, wearing certain things and all that, that's personal conviction, not biblical conviction for everybody. But I'm here to tell you one thing. If we don't take care of the body that we have, because my body is a house for the spirit of God, hear me today? If I don't take care of this, do you know why athletes spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and hours to take care of this? Because the better they are with this, the longer they work within the gift that they have. And the better the capacity that they can operate in their gift. Many of us can't operate in our gift because we're not taking care of this. And I hear it, some of you today, I hear it. Well, I have a physical limitation. So do I. You know what that means? That doesn't mean that I change anything because I have a heart rhythm issue and I have a pacemaker in my chest and I got all these issues. That doesn't mean any, that I just go, oh, I got a pacemaker. I'm just going to sit around and do nothing. No, what it means is I have to learn how to lead my life and steward my life with a limitation, not because of it. I have to live my life in spite of it, not because of it. Here's what I mean. I can't do certain things. I probably, probably, I'm just telling you, I probably will never be able to run like a 5K because I just have, it, it's a rhythm issue for me and, unless I'm just at this different moment in my life to where it just works out. But you know what I can do? I can go hit a treadmill every now and then. It's working with a, a different limitation. I get tired easier than a lot of people because of my heart rhythm issue. But guess what that means? That means I need to lean on other people so that I can use the energy that I do have in a greater capacity to lead this church, not be worried about everybody else's personal issues. Anybody in the house today? My body, say it with me, my body is a temple. I got to learn to take care of what God has given me. I got to learn to take care of this because here's the truth. I am the church. You are the church. The physical body that I carry on this world today is a physical temple that houses the spirit of God that spreads the church everywhere it goes. So the better I take care of this, the longer I get to take care of God's people on the earth. Amen. I got to be careful with that stuff. And there's two things. I got two sub points with this one because there's two things that we've got to do to take care of our temple. The first one is this. We have to learn. I'm really, really, really passionate about this right now. We have to learn to get rest. Hear me today. It is not a badge of honor or a crown to wear on your head that you work seven days a week without a day off and you have no time to sit down and spend time with your kids and your wife or your husband and your kids. It is not a badge of honor to wear that I will sleep when I'll rest when I die. That is not a badge of honor. That's a lie that the enemy has sold you when God in the very beginning said, hey, listen, God created man and woman on the sixth day. The first thing he told them to do was go rest. Day seven, we rest, right? Well, is that Saturday? Is that Sunday? I don't care what day it is. It could be Monday for you. Sunday is not a day of rest for me. It's just not. It's not, it's not how my job works. So guess what? I take another day in the week and I rest. Do you know why? Because if I don't, I'll die. 
And many of us want to go, well, why am I not feeling so good? Because you haven't taken a time in six months to sit down and chill out and go to the beach and enjoy something. Well, I can't sit there for a while. Then strap yourself down to a chair and breathe. Listen, I'm just telling you the truth. Leviticus chapter 23 verses 2 through 3 says it. Leviticus 23, 2 through 3 says it like this. It says, speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, the Lord's appointed times, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations. My appointed times are these. Verse 3, for six days work may be done, but on the seventh there is a Sabbath of complete rest and holy convocation. You shall not do any work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all of your dwellings. Well, we can get caught up on legalism, but I'm here to tell you something. Rest is biblical. So here's what that, the other side of that would tell me. If I don't rest, I'm being what? Unbiblical. If I don't sit down and enjoy my kids' baseball games, if I can't go one day without doing work, here's what I've learned in my life. Can I just be transparent for a moment? Here's what I'm learning in my life. I use this phrase in leadership a lot now. The machine will eat you. And here's what I mean by it in church world. I can get so caught up on chasing vision and growing what God's given us that it eats me and I forget about what's important. Because here's the thing. If we're not even willing to take a day off once a week, can I tell you what's really going on? It's really this. God, I don't trust you to take care of it unless I'm doing it. About two months ago, a gentleman looked at me and told me that. He said, you know why you won't take a day off? And he told me those words. And I looked at him and I said, don't talk to me again. <laughs> but you know what I was going to him for? I was tired. I didn't feel good. I didn't have time for kids. I, didn't have, I was short with my wife. Right? I felt like I couldn't make any decisions in leadership. I had what they called, I call and they call it in leadership circles, decision fatigue. In other words, I never took a moment to rest my brain, my soul. I mean like just my soul, just sit down and be like, God, you created me for you and you can do this without me. Can I tell you, that's a great freedom in your life to go, God, you can make this happen without me. Because here's the truth. There's gonna come a day you will not be on this earth anymore and he will still make his kingdom expand and you won't be here. And that's okay because this world doesn't revolve around me. We gotta learn to get rest. God created us to be human beings, not human doings. We gotta, we gotta rest and what rest does is it makes me sit down in God's presence and go, it's going to be okay. The second thing we have to do after we get rest or while getting rest is we've got to get, got to get healthy, guys. I mean, like I said, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Like some of us are holding on to relationships that are unhealthy. All you do is sit around and talk about everybody else. That's not healthy. And then you want to know why you're stuck in a negative mentality? It's not because God's punishing you. It's because you won't release yourself from negative relationships. Why am I so tired all the time? Because you won't rest. Because you won't break away from, from, from unhealthy things. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 is one of our core values. It says to do everything, everything. Do it as unto the Lord. 
It says do everything. Verse 10, I mean chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians verse 31. Whether then you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Get healthy. I don't know, for some of us, that may mean that we stop eating moon pies and drinking Coke at 10 o'clock at night. My wife gets on to me for that. And I'm like, I'll run a little bit more tomorrow. That's a lie, I don't run. For some of us, we need to hit the gym. For some of us, we can't do anything like that. Do something that gets us in shape. Read a book. You wanna get mentally in shape? Read a book. You wanna get emotionally in shape? Get around somebody that's emotionally healthy. You wanna get spiritually in shape? Get around somebody that's gonna stretch you and ask you questions that aren't comfortable. Get in a place to where you learn. Hey, you want me to tell you one other way to get healthy in this moment? Get around somebody that makes decisions you don't agree with. Because, well, I can't do that. I don't agree with them. Love is not dependent on agreement. Love is dependent on commitment. Get around somebody that you don't always agree with. And hey, it's okay. It's okay. So the first thing in that is our body is a temple. The second thing, and I'm closing on this one, it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 15 through 20. It says this. So good. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you not know that one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? For he says the two shall become one, but the one who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee immorality. Every other sin, every other sin that a man commits is outside the body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Verse 20, for you have been bought with a price, therefore, therefore glorify God in your body. The second thing we have to do, the first one is our body is a temple. The second one is this, our disciplines have to be in check. Can I tell you that this right here, y'all are like, he said prostitute, that's the Bible. If your kid, you don't want your kids hearing that, we have an amazing kids ministry every Sunday morning. It's awesome. Well, let me just be honest. That's not talking about like the literal thing. Here's what I take it as in that moment. Whatever I commit myself to, I become one with. What does a prostitute do? A prostitute is with someone that offers value in the moment. No connection, no care, value in the moment. How many of us put things in our lives, in our disciplines, because it offers value in the moment. And then we wanna go, why am I getting this nasty milkshake out of my life? Because I've attached myself to something that offers me value now, but no value later. I'm attaching myself to a physical commitment now, but it offers me no value of eternity. I'm attaching myself right now to, to, to doing these things and, and indulging in these things that are giving me right now. I feel good because I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of buzzing a little bit and I'm feeling this and I don't have to worry about pain. I don't want to have to worry about anxiety, depression. I'm going through these things. And for three hours, I'm feeling great. 
and I'm now attached myself to something of temporary value and God's going stop doing that because you're putting disciplines in your life that is a bunch of junk and once it all gets blended together at the end of the day at the end of eternity at the end of the moment there's no eternal value and nobody's going to drink that mess because it's not what you should have been attached to you should have been attached to something of eternal value something of eternal grace something of eternal love something of eternal power instead of attaching to the temporary feeling and that's what Paul's talking about in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. He says, hey, sometimes to get to great, we have to say no to good. If anybody has ever looked at you and told you sin wasn't good, they're lying. Or sin wasn't fun, they're lying. Sin is fun. Why do you think so many people do it? Hear me. But at some point, I got to say no to what's good in the moment. To say hello to what's great for a lifetime. We have got to stop sacrificing great at the altar of good. And we do it all the time. What does it feel like? What am I attaching myself to right now? How does this feel right now? I'm not happy. I don't agree with that. And I don't like this. And I don't like that. Or, hey, you know what? I'm in this moment. And I feel like doing this. I've committed my whole life to doing things. I can slip up one time. Can I tell you what the truth is? That's me going, I'm attaching myself to the prostitute of now and not to the love of eternity. For many of us, it's called self-discipline in the Bible. In fact, it's fruit of the Spirit. And as I grow closer to God, and I get more full of the Spirit, self-discipline becomes something that's of value to me. And it begins to grow. But part of us, or, or many of us, the issue is not do I want to do well, it's I don't have the disciplines to say no to good so that I can get to great. I don't have the discipline to say no to debt so that I can walk in freedom later. I don't have the discipline to say no to a purchase so that I can give my 10% tomorrow. You with me? I don't have the discipline to say I'm going to get physically healthy so that I can carry out his gifting on this world the way that I need to tomorrow. Are you with me today? Is this making sense? How do I love the Lord my God with all of my maximum capacity? I got to understand my body is a temple and my disciplines matter. My disciplines matter. They matter entirely too much. And for most of us, I'm going to end on this. I'm going to pray in just a moment. For a lot of us, our disciplines and our self-commitment is more on uh, temporal things than they are eternal. For instance, I'll stick with a baseball team or a sports team that loses every week, that you talk junk about, that I talk junk about. I don't want their stuff. I, I, I still wear their stuff. Losing season after losing season after losing season after losing season. I don't like the coach. He made a decision I don't like. I don't like that player. I don't like what he did. He did. This. He threw on, on uh, at the goal line instead of ran it in. Cost him a Super Bowl. I don't like the team. Right? I did this. We keep losing to Clemson every single year. Right? All this stuff. But here's the thing: most of us will still wear the attire, go to the games, cheer for the coach, cheer for the team, but don't let a leader or a church do it because we'll walk out at the moment we don't disagree. Don't let God go out on me. Because if God, if you don't come through the way I think you should, I'm walking out. But I'll stick with a, with a football team. Here's the truth. Self-discipline's in us. The issue is, where is it at? Are you with me today? Are we putting things in 
because we're going to get out exactly what we put in. And so my heart today is this. There's some of you. Here was my prayer coming in. Lord, challenge us and convict us to a place to where we love you with our maximum capacities. And for some of us, that means that we need to do better at treating our temple that way. And for some of us, that means that our disciplines have got to come into check. For some of us, it means that I need to check my mouth, my intentions, my serving, all those things. It doesn't matter, but here's the truth. Hear me today, and this is important. If you're in the room today and you're saying, I gotta grow on those things, can I tell you something? God is standing here in front of each and every one of you with arms wide open saying this, I will not reject you because you haven't done it, but I will embrace you because you will. I will not reject you because you haven't done it yet, but I will embrace you because you're about to. If you would, just stand to your feet with me today. I know this has been a life-changing message and, and series, and we're going to move into a really deep and, and, and amazing series. Listen, you don't want to miss Summer at Radiate. It's the summer of Radiate. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be so powerful. There's so many great things that are in, in store. But I'm here to tell you today, some of you, you know it's time to start a relationship with Jesus. And if that's you, I'm going to count to three and I'm not going to tell people to close their eyes and here's why. Because I believe that that's a discipline that we need to go ahead and say, I will live publicly for Jesus no matter what. And I'm going to count to three and if that's you and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, would you just throw your hand in the air? One, two, three. Amen. Anybody else in the room? Come on. Hold it up. Hold it up high. That's it. That's it. Somebody's going to slide a clipboard in your hand because we're walking this out with you. Now I want everybody to repeat this after me. Dear Jesus... I love you. Thank you for loving me. I give you my life. I give you my heart. I give you everything about me. Help me walk with you and for you. Thank you for forgiveness. Now, if you're in the room today with every eye closed and you'll say this, you know what, Pastor? I know I want to love God with my maximum capacity. Whatever that looks like, whatever that means, I'm ready to do that. Would you just throw your hand in the air for a quick prayer over you today? Just symbolically saying, that's me, that's me, that's me. Father, right now, every hand that is up, every hand that is bold enough to go up in this room, I pray right now, God, that we would begin to love you with our maximum capacity, our me old God, that we would, uh, uh, that we would begin to love you very much with everything that we have. And God, that we would uh, form our, our bot, that we would take care of the temple of the Holy Spirit our bodies that we would form our disciplines so that we can love you with all we have so that we can carry out your goal your purposes your promises in this life god we love you we honor you and we know that you're doing something amazing and god we love you in your name we pray and put your hands together and make some noise for the king of kings and the lord of lords in this house come on we love you jesus